No credentials. Reviewing Rolling Stone 500. Greatest album. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us again here on the Sound Logic Podcast. Today we're discussing album number 89 on Rolling Stone Magazine's top 500 greatest albums list. This is Baduism by Erica Badu. Is it Baduism? You know, as you were saying that, I was like, I don't know that I've ever heard. I'm sure I have heard it. I'm, you know, we watched the Grammys back in the late 90s when this album did so well. So I'm sure I heard it said out loud, but it's been 25 years and uh, I'm really not sure. Dude. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's people out there who know uh, and will probably let us know. But um, this, this is the... The debut album by Erica Badu. I think I'm saying that right, Badu. Yeah. Um, back to the uh, the genre of neo soul, which neo is a soul. really a really cool genre. We've already done. I, I know definitely uh, D'Angelo. Yep, one of her contemporaries. Yeah, I guess. Um, uh, some of Lauren Hill would be considered neo soul. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of hip hop on that album. Yeah. So here we are back again. Is it appropriate yeah. just to do some de- details first? I need a rim shot first. Diggy diggy. <laughs> <laughs> Boom clack. <laughs> Boom clack. Details. 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 But doism was released February 11, 1997. As I mentioned, her debut album. Uh, she had. She was actually, uh, I think, did a duet. I don't know if it was on the album, on D'Angelo's album, on Voodoo. Or no, no, not Voodoo, because that came out not later. Voodoo. But um, but uh, something with him, and then by she got noticed by doing that, and then yeah, in '96 recorded this album. She was at least a primary songwriter on all the tracks, except for one, I believe. Um, although we've seen in the hip hop genre and R&B genre, you have multiple and often different producers for each track, very different than mm-hmm. some of the other genres. So that's the right. case here as well. But she's a primary very songwriter. Yes, absolutely. Um, Charted number 17 in the UK, number two in the US, although it's important to note that it was number one on the R&B charts in both countries, uh, the UK and the US, number one on the R&B charts. So not too shabby for a debut album. Um, To date, certified three times platinum in the US, uh, so over three million worldwide. Uh, so commercially successful as well. Um, a few other notes here. Um, it was promoted with the release of four singles, On and On, Next Lifetime, Other Side of the Game, and Apple Tree. Um, when this album came out, critics noted similarities between Erica Badu and Billie Holiday. So that's quite a compliment. Um, a, a very famous... Vocalist from the 50s, 60s, somewhere around there. Um, 
this album won two Grammy Awards. Or, sorry, she won two Grammy Awards in 98 uh, for content from this album. Best R&B Album and Best Female R&B Vocal Performance. Um, there's some notable artists contributing on this album, either as musicians or producers. We have... Uh, the Roots as a band being credited and also individual members Questlove and James Poyser who plays the keys. Also Ron Carter who I know we've ha- um, talked about before he plays bass. I think he was on Voodoo and he has uh, at least on his Wikipedia page he has over with over 2,000 credits is the most the most uh the most recorded so he has he has appeared on over 2,000 recordings he's the most recorded uh bass player as we know it wow Uh, you you, probably a lot like i didn't know his name uh before doing this i think it was the last time we talked probably was voodoo we talked about him um but he's played on like everything (laughs) so he's the guy he's the guy you want josh bush from all music said it it was innovative primarily for its sound heavier hip-hop beats over organic conscientious soul music um and you've noted that that's interesting that this uh this was innovative because for us it sounds pretty pretty mainstream pretty normal now i mean that this and so if we kind of read between the lines there this it's really trend setting right this is yeah. a lot of hip-hop and r&b and you know any other neo soul it just has this kind of this backbeat heavier r&b backbeat um organic sounds interesting or better orga- about organic um that i was looking at the at least who are listed as the artists there's no percussionist which makes me want to believe that all the percussion was produced. Oh, interesting. It was synthetic um, or pre-recorded, um, uh, which I don't have a problem with. It's just, it's just interesting. I wouldn't have said that. Um, right. Sounds, right. Sounds good. Not, not that. I'm not trying to say that synthesized percussion sounds bad, but sometimes you can just tell. Um, yeah. No, it sounds great. Well, especially like I was joking about the rim shot, but like for starting and ending an album with a song about needing a rim shot and not actually having a drummer to give you one is kind of (laughs) an interesting little ironic twist about this album too, I guess then too. And it's possible that a percussionist just wasn't listed on the page I was looking at. Yeah, true. That could have happened too. And I guess uh, Questlove is listed and he's... That's what he does, right? Uh, he's listed as a writer and producer. Oh, okay. So not as a musician. Not as a contributing so, musician. Although I really find it hard to believe that he was there and didn't hop behind a kid at some point. Right. Because <laughs> um, right. he he did play a lot of percussion on Voodoo. Um, yeah. So that's right. That. Anyways, um, <laughs> some somewhat inconsequential really it sounds great Uh, and this is our the since we started this is the ninth reference to rolling stone on an (laughs) on on an album so we were keeping track of how many times rolling stone whether just the phrase or the name or or the band is referenced this is the ninth time it's happened um it is on the the lead single on and on it's it's mentioned first time since uh we did beggar's banquet 
It felt like with the uh, 2012 list, especially near the top, we were getting all kinds of references. So much so that we started making this list, and then all of a sudden, it's been a ghost town since then. So I don't know yeah. if they, they changed their mind on the 2020 list and uh, uh, just haven't haven't lifted albums up as much uh, that include right. Rolling Stone. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that like every time we did an album by the Rolling Stones, that it counted, right? Right, that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, those some notes about the album. Um, you want to move to this uh, this cover art, Ben? Sure. I really like it. But I just want to say that. It's off the hop. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, again, look it up if you're not familiar. Um, this feels very mid to late '90s rap and hip hop uh, uh, font, stylized font, to me. I feel like yeah. I had a few few different. At one point, I I bought a Busta Rhymes album, and I feel like there was kind of almost looks like handwriting, stylized handwriting, mm, like like yeah. uh, printing, not not cursive, like printing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have that uh, bright colors. Um, so the font is it's it's an image of of Erica, or I assume it's Erica. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, I say that because you can't see her face, but uh, two thirds of the way down, going all the way across, yeah. right across the image, is is her name, Erica Badu, in yellow, and then underneath on the right, a little smaller, uh, Baduism, in in purple. I feel like that yellow purple contrast was very pop- <laughs> popular on albums in the mid to late nineties. Um, yeah. And hip hip hop. I don't know. I don't know any background about it, but I just feel like it's familiar. And then we have um, the image uh, takes up the whole cover, black background. It's a side view of Erica. She's got um, a sleeveless dress on, a large uh, bangle on her wrist. She's got her head bent down her hand up around kind of around the back of her head so that her arm is covering her face you can't see her face at all uh, she's got a beautiful head wrap on uh, brown lots of brown so her dress is brown um, you know with brown tones uh, brown on the bangle a lot of brown tones um, and then this bright yellow and purple popping out on top so I love the color schemes. Um, yeah. We've talked we've talked about '90s design often not making any sense at all, especially on thing, <laughs> things like compilation. We've talked about different albums. We're going what what was going on here? This kind of makes sense to me. Um, uh-huh. This kind of makes sense to me. I like it. Yeah, I I don't remember where I read this now because I can't seem to find it anywhere. <laughs> but um, someone talked about it feels fitting for someone who became known as sort of the the queen of neo soul to have like a large headdress almost like mm-hmm. this is her accepting the crown of mm-hmm. this new neo soul movement that she started um which is uh, both uh got a lot of swagger with it and also kind of cool to <laughs> yeah to have that is that is that kind of an unofficial title she has yeah queen of neo soul yeah that's awesome i didn't know that <laughs> i'm not disputing that at all i think i it fits um yeah so really really cool cool image 
need yeah. image. I, in, in, we've talked about um, even recently debut albums. Like, is the one where you have your face mm-hmm. on the front, like you want? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, to not have your face there is is a interesting choice. Um, yeah. Although she, I mean, she is definitely, I mean, became maybe more so than when she was breaking through known for her hair. Yes. And, uh, and that sort of like, I don't know if it's, if it's got some African, uh, background with the print that she chose to wrap her head in, but I don't know. There's something cultural, something black about this image, uh, that, that says sort of like power and strength um, and she's yeah. almost bowing too in a uh humble posture as well i, I yeah I, I agree with you there's something really neat about it and uh i'm sure there's there's a lot of symbolism here that's um missed by two white guys like us <laughs> yeah and and ben i i thought some of those things as well but i i really don't feel um I'm really qualified to cut to comment on that, <laughs> you know, like, uh, a- absolutely. You know, there, there's the, I, I, it bugs me when, when I say or other people say African culture, cause that's so ri- ridiculous. It's a ridiculous phrase to me because yes. that's, that's like saying, you know, Western culture or Asian culture, like, right. Right. It's just too bad. Many, many countries, many different, uh, backgrounds and, and and ethnic groups and and cultures and like you know so yeah yes from somewhere in that massively diverse continent yeah right, <laughs> I think right. there's some some cultural significance there and that's yes. all I feel qualified to say <laughs> uh, but yeah. it's 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 a beautiful her outfit the jewelry the dress the headdress is gorgeous um, and uh, and it's great. Yeah. Um, and it's something that seems familiar. Like, even though I hadn't listened yeah. to the album, I feel like uh, the image was familiar. Um, yeah, and as I'm listening and researching this, just I knew I knew who she was. I knew some of her music. I knew she was significant. I didn't realize how significant, impactful mm-hmm. to modern music and and sorry to the genre of neo soul and to modern music in general. I really didn't quite graphs the uh the impact as i do now um it's pretty pretty impressive she broke in at this like time where i don't know this is again a a bit of a generalization but female artists had to almost be in your face right sexual right like massive massive voice something like bigger than life and this Mm -hmm. album is subtle there's a lot of really good stuff there but it's like laid back and chill and neo soul and um yeah so yeah it's it's fascinating to me that uh i I definitely knew her name maybe because the awards and accolades she was getting but i knew very very little about her even though this is right in the prime time of when we were consuming just (laughs) all the music we could right um i know a lot about peers of hers mm. uh relatively speaking um compared to her and uh I, I don't know why that is but i'm I'm glad to get to this album to maybe wrestle with that for a little while too <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um i want to move into the music here uh so this this is a new album for both of us right you you yeah. 
you didn't recognize anything here? I don't think so. I mean, as the more I listened to it, the more some of the tracks felt familiar to me. But I don't. None of them jumped out as like, oh, that was the single. I knew that one from the radio. Um, no, nothing really for me. I um, th- it was a really interesting experience because I opened up the album, uh, hit play, took a quick look at the tracks, and went, yeah, I, I don't. You know, I know Eric Abadu, but I don't know any of these songs. And then the, yeah. the after the intro, On and On came on, and I found myself st- um, like she would say a phrase, and then I would get either either the next syllable or the next phrase. I was like, oh, I kind of I know what's I recognize this. Like I remember hearing huh. this, and and I I listened. Uh, I think I know I've talked about this before. I, you know, in grade nine, grade ten, I was, you know, didn't have much of a social life outside school and in the evenings i watched a lot of music television (laughs) and that would have been exactly when this was on and i know they played they played this kind of stuff a lot so yeah it's buried in there somewhere in my memory and and Mm -hmm. uh things kept coming oh yeah like i know that next lyric or oh that part's familiar and all of a sudden i was like i do know this song i didn't couldn't have said that beforehand but it was definitely uh digging up something in my memory and but that was it i didn't recognize anything else <laughs> did you dig into what on and on's video was did you go and try no. and track it down no i didn't huh. makes me curious should have eh? yeah. i should have eh? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's how prepared we are folks <laughs> to do tons of research um uh the we've talked about the general feel that it's really laid back really chill very relaxing very smooth you know it's 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 soul music it's neo soul um Mm -hmm. really slick beats and got that kind of uh that synth that very stereotypical 90s slow jam synth kind of thing (laughs) um uh, was there anything that jumped out to you, any track or anything particular that jumped out to you when you listened to this? Well, um, I I know we're not necessarily lyrics first people, but there's a lot of poetry pleasant, present here mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in that sort of slow groove, um, tackling a lot of different issues and a variety of different subjects as well. Um it's, it feels very con- contemplative to me, and I really enjoyed having it on in the background because um, it plays really well that way. But yeah. I almost felt some embarrassment for that, too, because I, I feel like there's there's a lot more depth to these songs than I've had the time mm. to really dig into them because mm-hmm. of some of the issues she's talking about. Um, I think what it means to be a black woman... Um, uh, issues of uh, poverty and wealth, issues of uh, class and um, future generations. Um, so, like, yeah, there's some really interesting stuff here. But yeah, I found myself just like enjoying the slow groove in the background, <laughs> rather yeah. than really giving it what, it what it probably deserved. Yeah, I I feel like sometimes that's uh, a <laughs> we we use that descriptor to describe both positive and negative in different contexts. Yeah, yeah right. Like, I feel like it's just something I, I put on in the background. 
I feel right, like it's right. something I, I can really have on in the background. You know, it's yeah. like two, can be two totally different things. Yeah, and it, sometimes um, I think it has to do with what we've previously listened to as well. Like, uh, like Bitches Brew wasn't too many albums back. And that was something that was like disorienting to have on in yes. the background. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> really good, but like hard to do anything else but think about this complicated music that's going on. And so, yeah, yeah to get to this now where you can just press play and be like, like almost like stepping into a hot tub just like uh okay i'm gonna yeah. relax now <laughs> that's a, that's a really good way it's kind of it kind of just washes over you this it wraps music. you up yeah really uh-huh. nice really really nice um i mean her her vocal is so good mm-hmm. but it's so it's so smooth it's not jarring in any way like it's powerful it's powerful She's got great range. She's got great tone. Yeah. Uh, great control. You know, uh, all the things you want from a great, a great vocalist. Um, I think she does her own harmonizations for most tracks, if not all. Um, so you know, it just—it's a great blend. Um, yet it, it really just slides in there. You could have it on the background without. You know, you can't can't do that with every vocalist. Um, yeah. Really, yeah. really nice. This was an album I did struggle with kind of any one particular track really jumping out mm. um, because it's all, you know, there's, it's got similar, a lot of tracks have similar tempos, similar feel. Um, they are certainly unique and distinct, but they really flow together nicely. And it's just all got that very uh, laid back, smooth feel. So that you're right that made it hard and and i would like to listen to it more like i feel like i i haven't listened to it enough to really really comment on all of it um Mm -hmm. i've listened to it a few times for sure and really enjoy it but this is something i i would be be more than happy to put on again just again just to have on not in a to savor it a bit more yeah like either i could listen to this either in the background or intently i would be happy yeah. with either i would be happy yeah. with either like just it's it's great it it's feel good but it's also something that i think you can sink your teeth into a bit if you want yeah well and i would say uh, putting a little bit of time uh between each listen helped a little bit too with some of that uh like you were saying the whole thing melting together like Rimshot came on first this afternoon i was like oh yeah i remember this one this is kind of cool and then on and on came on i was like oh yeah i know this one too and then apple <laughs> tree i was like don't come around my apple tree yeah i know this one too and suddenly i was right. like okay yeah maybe there is something more here that is memorable that just takes a bit of time and right. familiarity um that you know sometimes it just happens with albums that you got to give them a bit more respect um for the little nuances especially when the music is a bit more subtle uh, and familiar, uh, familiar sounding from track to track to really start to figure out what a, what the nuances are. I, 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 it's interesting to think about this now because I know there are some ties, I guess, with what people are trying to do with neo soul and and jazz music. But I felt that on my first few listens to Kind of Blue too. Like it's good jazz music that I can have on the background, but none of this stands out to me it was only like the third or fourth or fifth time through the album i was like oh yeah i remember this line this refrain this the way this is built out here um some intentionality here that i didn't notice (laughs) yeah previously huh 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, do you want to pick a favorite track at this point for our Spotify playlist? Sure. Um, I'll go a little obscure. I didn't get to this one as frequently as the first several tracks, but I discovered, thanks to Wikipedia, that the the 10th track, No Love, has a uh, 1985 um, sample from Stevie Wonder, one of my newfound favorites. Um, So I'll pick No Love as my choice on this one. (laughs) Uh, That's really cool. Yeah, I saw some of those samples, too. Not a ton of samples on the album, but a few. No, um, but it, it then led me to his song, which I'd never heard before, and got some <laughs> enjoyable uh, mid-'80s Stevie Wonder synth in my head today. <laughs> <laughs> a little a little different than some of the 70s yeah, some of the other Stevie Wonder we've tackled. listened to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with On and On, the lead single. Um, okay. Great track. It is. Uh, really good. What are you waiting on? Um, any other general comments on the album there, Ben? Um, no, I'm I'm uh, itching to get to some of our reflections because I think that'll be really insightful with what else <laughs> we kind of compare it to or, or bring up here as we try and place it in history. Um, so yeah, let's dive into that if sure if you're, if you're okay moving on. No, absolutely. So um, I, I want to start with you. Uh, what what is aged well here? What what maybe hasn't aged well? What are your thoughts? This doesn't feel terribly dated at all. It feels um, slightly different than maybe a bit more upbeat R and B that might come out on the radio today. Um, you know, the slow jam is definitely still a thing, but it's like. You know, I'm thinking of like some of the Beyonce albums we've listened to. She usually has a track or two that's a slower pace. Right, yeah. But it's kind of like album filler rather than her lead single. Um, But like it doesn't sound production wise like it's that far removed from what Beyonce would have had on a. Yeah. On Lemonade or something like that. So um, I think it's aged exceptionally well yeah, and I, I think for a 25 year old album it just sounds so cool still like, yeah yeah <laughs> she i don't know what it is about uh her voice because i think you said earlier and i agree it doesn't really stand out as like aretha franklin like exceptional vocalist but she's just really good at what she does and she's able to create atmosphere and attitude with her voice in a really the only thing I can keep thinking of is it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> At yeah. least for me. Um, so I think it's, it's aged extremely well and I don't really feel like anything has aged poorly. Um, perhaps the font on the front cover, if I had to like yep. <laughs> reach <Yeah>. for something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. How about, how do you feel? Uh, similar. I, I think it's aged very well. I think that this album could be released today 
and you wouldn't have to change much um, for it to fit in with some of the some some of the R&B sounds we hear now. A little more produced, a little more electronic. I think the beats would be a little different. Um, but there's a lot of very organic sounding music coming out today as well. Um, I think that kind of synth, that 90s slow jam synth uh, <laughs> that we talked about yeah. would be maybe the only thing that we don't hear as much. I think when we hear it today, it's a little kind of ironic, uh, used ironically when people use it. Um, yeah. Other than that, you know, and, and I think just to clarify our vocal, I think my, I want to clarify my comment um, was, it, it's not jarring. No, uh, it's, yeah, I, I think right. I yeah, think her vocal sense. is exceptional. It's just not it's not jarring. It doesn't kind of. I mean, an Aretha, a great great uh, comparison. An Aretha Franklin vocal smacks you up the side of the head and makes you pay mm. attention. Mm-hmm. Um, this gently nudges you towards the warmth of the music <laughs> in in a in a different way. You know, like yeah. just draws you in as opposed to uh, shaking you awake. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like yep. uh, you know an Aretha or a James Brown or something um, this is just so gentle and warm beautiful beautiful vocal um, and I think that vocal still we still have the you know the powerful female pop vocalist but there's also Absolutely. a huge a huge place for for a warmer a warmer vocal um, yeah, I, I think I, I think again, I think you could release this album today and really wouldn't have to change much for it to people to go, Oh, this is good, you know, like not oh, this is a twenty five year old album, as you said. <laughs> you I don't think you'd necessarily know. Because because the, the sound the instrumentation and some of the style is obviously because it's Neo Soul, is stuff that was used even twenty years before this. Yep. Yep. So it's not like you know, it's a 90s sound necessarily. It's just a very timeless sound. I'm sure that this is because we've already mentioned his name, but D'Angelo's Voodoo, uh, I remember feeling similarly when we were talking about trying to place it in history too. Like, it just sounds good. Um, nothing like exceptionally remarkable, but nothing that also stands out as glaringly like old either. No, um, no, no, no. Just like no. kind of well done um, oh, yeah. for what it is. And uh, yeah, similar similar people working on it too. So yeah, maybe maybe if you want something to be timeless, get Questlove and the Roots to uh, to help you make something. <laughs> uh, absolutely, I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's move on to our last segment here. The the position um, number eighty nine eighty nine best album of all time. Um, what do you think about that, Ben? Um, I'm a little surprised by it, partially because um, it doesn't have the... I mean, I know it had four singles, um, but at least in my mind, there nothing jumped out at me right away. It's like, boy, this was on every radio station back in the day. Um Maybe, maybe it was, and I was just listening to the wrong radio stations, but um, I feel like maybe there's a popularity element that uh, it wasn't as massive as some of the other albums uh, on this list that we've tackled so far. I'm, I'm starting to be more aware of the influence that she's had and 
Mm. Um, especially that one review that said this is this was cutting edge for when it came out with the, mm-hmm. the sort of um, heavy beat in the background. Um, maybe maybe it was kind of innovative in the same way that it's hard to imagine a time before bands that sounded like the Rolling Stones. Um, it's hard to imagine a time before this kind of music too. <laughs> right. <laughs> existed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so maybe s- simply for the seminal nature, it does deserve to be this high. I'm a, I'm a, I guess I'm a bit surprised by it, but maybe I shouldn't be. At my knee-jerk reaction was it's a little high, but the more I think about it, the more I think it makes a ton of sense. If you think about okay. all, if you think about all the, um, especially some of the late, late when I say later '90s, like anything after this into the early 2000s, kind of female driven R&B I mean it really sounds a lot like this and I can't yeah. help think how much this, you think about Brandy Monica even I know she was maybe started a little earlier than this Mary J Blige then Beyonce think about all that stuff uh, it has all a lot of the elements from this and I think she really did start a trend here and and bring that soul element into popular mainstream if you will r&b music um and then if you think about today's music and how uh so much of popular music has that core of kind of an r&b or hip-hop sound hip-hop beat um this is exactly at the cusp of of all that starting leading into what popular music is today in a lot of different genres so yeah. I think the uh, the the influence and impact of this, or or if not this, because I again I feel a little ignorant to to comment on all this stuff. If not this, but things that came out around this time that sound just like this, um, then yeah, I think it makes sense here. So yeah. I'm gonna go. Yeah, that's okay. Again, not like super super recognizable every track, or at least not to me. Um, you know, a white guy in Ontario. Uh, that, <laughs> I don't know how much really, how much weight that has, but um, I think there are more successful, more popular albums that are a little higher, and that's fine. But this is, uh, you know, I could see why a you know, Miss Education of Lauren Hill, why yeah. that's in top ten. I, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this, I get this here. So yeah, I'm I'm okay yeah. with it. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Well, well said. Well, I think this next part that we talk about um, other albums on this list maybe shed some light onto an increasing recognition of what she did in that late 90s era. Yeah. Like I'm thinking about when the 20, 2003, was that the first list? Yep. When it came out, this album was only five years old, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe we hadn't fully realized the impact that she had made at that point. I'm, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, we should have maybe realized it. Uh, 10 years later when the next list came out but but that was it was not it wasn't there Uh, it's taken until now for any of her music to be on this list Uh, this one here at 89 and then another one um, not too far away number 158 uh, Mama's Gun which came out a few years later in the year 2000 so um, yeah um, we've got a more diverse uh, list of voters uh, who clearly listening to more diverse selection of music and influenced by it and yeah maybe this is a stark reminder to (laughs) white guys from us white guys like us from ontario that uh some of this stuff is really powerful and profound and, and culture shifting too absolutely 
Um, any final comments on Baduism? Just add it to the list of albums I should probably spend more time with, I guess. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Same. I guess whenever they put it at the uh, the 28, uh, 2030 list or something like that, and we get a chance to revisit these albums, uh, we'll be able to dust them off then. <laughs> I'm not ready to think about a new list yet. <laughs> So yeah, we got to hurry too, up and get through this first one. <laughs> too, too soon. Too soon. Um, so that's it for this review. Yeah. Join us next week. We're going to talk about album number 90. So wrapping up another 10. Uh, we're after the gold rush by Neil Young. Oh, Canada. Yes. Another, another Canadian artist. Some little bit of CanCon. Um, until that time we hope you continue to be well we hope you take care of yourselves and those around you and certainly we hope you'll join us again right here on the sound logic podcast thanks for listening everyone if you like what you hear subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review send us a message at our facebook page on instagram or through our sound logic podcast twitter feed thanks for listening